comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The PKD Black Box is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. This is the PKD Black Box, episode 46. This episode of the PKD Black Box is brought to you by Back in the Day, the original graphic novel from indie comic book mavericks Dave DeWanch and Daniel Logan. Back in the Day is a heartfelt and hilarious sci-fi romp that redefines the coming-of-age tale and asks the question, what would you do for love? Signed, numbered, and limited to 500 copies, this 64-page graphic novel is 20% off at dcbservice.com and includes a free limited edition print signed by Back in the Day artist Daniel Logan. Order your copy today at dcbservice.com. You can also go to actionlabcomics.com for additional details. Welcome back to the PKD Black Box. I'm your host, Sean Pryor. This week kicks off our month dedicated to the ladies of geek and pop culture, and in this episode, I have a conversation with some of the ladies of the Princess Cast podcast. So sit back and geek out with us for a while. But before we do that, there's a few things that I want to talk to you about first. Um, First off, I had mentioned back in episode 45 about an all-ages original graphic novel called My Grandparents Are Secret Agents, and I completely forgot to mention the art team and publisher. The creative team for My Grandparents Are Secret Agents, created and written by Scott Christian Sava with art by Juan Morgas and the Invasor Creative Art Studio, in conjunction with Blue Dream Studios and distributed by IDW. So apologies to the creative and creative team for uh, my grandparents' secret agents. I should have mentioned that uh, during our last PKD Black Box. And the other thing I want to talk about, I just want to talk about two podcasts that I've been listening to as of late that I've really been enjoying, like pop culture and geekery and whatnot. I think you'll dig on them too. The first one is Ignorant Bliss. Ignorant Bliss is a pop culture podcast uh, by Julian Lytle. Uh, Julian Lytle, who has also appeared on this show a couple of times, also has a webcomic called Ants, and you can read that at ants.julianlytle.com. Pop Culture Ignorant Bliss podcast. Each episode is about like 20-something minutes long, and he talks about movies, he talks about video games, comics. It's great. For the period of time that he does an episode, he gives you a lot of stuff. He gives you a lot of stuff to think about, a lot of stuff to uh, to mention to your friends. Fantastic podcast, well put together. If you get a chance, go to ignorant-bliss with two s's dot com, and you can get the episodes there. And there's also it's also on iTunes as well, so you can check it out there too. But props to Julian for a solid start to his podcast. Now the other podcast uh, that I want to talk to you about real quick is called Star Joe's. Star Joe's is hosted by Ryan and Chuck. And basically what they talk about, they talk about Star Wars stuff, G.I. Joe, uh, Transformers, the Thundercats, a lot of the 80s cartoon stuff slash toy stuff as well. Well, back in December, on December 23rd, they had a special episode where they did like a MST3K type commentary to the Joes go to them. It was called the Joes go to the movies, a.k.a. the Star Wars holiday special. And in this episode, they found a link for the original Star Wars holiday special, complete special with commercials. And they kind of did like a little commentary or basically they watched it and you get to hear the downfall (laughs) from the moment 
the ep- from the moment they start playing the video all the way to the end where Chuck is ready to kill somebody because the Star Wars holiday special is just awful. No one should ever sit through that. But listening to their podcast while watching the Star Wars holiday special made me feel a lot better. And they re- and they have a really good podcast. I-, I really enjoy it. I actually finished also listening to an interview they did with G.I. Joe artist Robert Atkins, which was excellent. So Props to Star Joe's, props to Ignorant Bliss. You can get Star Joe's at starjoes.podbean.com, or you can also get them on iTunes. So if you get a moment and you got some extra time to listen to some, to some podcasts, um, check them out. They're really, really good. And now, our feature presentation. I am joined on the line by some of the wonderful ladies of the Princess Cast podcast. Now, for those who don't know about the Princess Cast, they are a podcast of pop culture, comic books, sci-fi, artistic goodness. You can find their podcast at panelsonpages.com. They are part of the Panels on Pages network. On the line this evening are three members of the Princess Cast. First one lives in the Southwest. She is the queen of Catwoman fanaticism. And she loves the art. Her name is Lisa. Lisa, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing good. And her nickname is Spazzy. So when she gets Spazzy, she might get a little stabby. Be on the lookout. <laughs> That's right. Don't make Spazzy angry. No. There we go. Also on the line, uh, coming to us from down south in the Florida nether regions, she is a sci-fi fanatic. She is also down with the roller derby. She can kick some butt. And her nickname has also been known as Captain Painway. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we welcome Mary to the show. Mary, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine tonight. I got to talk to you about that video that y'all did for Star Wars Celebration. Like when, <laughs> when you, were, you looked at the camera and just like pointed your head up and said, come on, son. That got me so hyped. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and last but definitely not least, she hails from the Midwestern area around the Windy City region. She is a fan of Wonder Woman. She is passionate about her comics and she is passionate about her geekery and we all love her for it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Wonder Woman version 2.0, also known as Meg. Meg, how you doing this evening? I'm good. Poison Ivy's got me ill in though. Talk about Batman. I'm stuck See? in Arkham <laughs> Asylum. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can, I'll, I'll help you cheat. See, I still haven't played that game yet. I, I, oh. I, what? I don't have time so- to play video games. I don't. I don't. Whatever. No, no, for real. I don't. I stay busy. Not only that, but my Xbox died not too long ago. Got the red rings of death. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, it was awful. But because I fixed a couple of my mom's computers, uh, she sent my brother's gently used Xbox uh, to me for Christmas. So um, I shall be playing video games one day. Thank you, ladies, for coming on the show. So excited to talk to you tonight. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. This is this is great. I think this is our first interview as the Princess cast. So Yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Now, how did all this come about? I mean, like I've listened to, to the Princess cast for about 20-something episodes and, and stuff, but how did this all form and come to be? I think it kind of all started, we were listening to the Panels on Pages main show, and we're just kind of kicking around the idea in the chat of having some of the girls do it. And it's one of those things that Mary had actually thought about doing an all-girl uh, popcast for the Panels on Pages network, um, but no one had really 
spoken up enough to really get it off the ground. And I was still, I'm still kind of new to the site and the community. And I brought it up again, and uh, there were about four or so other girls who just, it was one of those, like, our schedules all clicked. We all were able to kind of actually get together and actually put together a show. Because, like, you know, all, you know a lot of y'all were new to this as far as doing podcasting or whatever. Were there, like, a lot of obstacles to putting together a podcast, to putting together the show and, any, and, and everything? Or was it pretty much an easy transition after episode one? Well, I've been wanting, I've been listening to podcasts for a few years and I've been wanting to do one for, for a couple of years. Originally I was going to do a roller derby podcast, but I was never able to get the people together to work on it with me. So, and, and I've also been doing audio editing for years. I went to school for media production for a while. So for me, the actual like technical parts, the recording wasn't a big deal at all. Like it's, it's so much fun i love it i actually have the newest show exporting right now to be put up tomorrow the biggest thing for me was skype because i'm not used to talking to people over the internet it was very very weird a weird learning curve there and like and sometimes depending on internet connections sometimes it sounds like people are de-resing or or, <laughs> or or you may have like that you know five or ten second delay so people accidentally talk over each other um, you know, <laughs> hey, no, I don't know what you're talking about at all. That, not- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, but no, no, trust me. It's, it's happened here too. I mean, it, that's why I like on the, on this show and, and I apologize to, to the other uh, members of the princess cast for not having them on. It's just one of those things I know from personal experience after having a recording with more than five people, it was utter and pure chaos and the call and like the Skype call just kept dropping. And people just started sounding like they were like auto-tuned. It was so bad. So, you know, so for me, like one of the lessons I had to learn for me was if I do a Skype call, I can have no more than four people, including myself on it. But I didn't I didn't want to be disrespectful to Sky or to uh, Spaced, uh, the other two members of the show. Well, I, I understand how that is. I um, back when I lived in Ohio, I had a lot of trouble getting everybody on the show because of my Internet. Now that I'm in Florida, it's a lot better but it skype is um i mean what was it two weeks ago skype completely dropped on everybody during mm-hmm. in the middle of the show so it's it's a finicky finicky um program also at the same time it's kind of like it may be finicky but it's also a blessing in disguise because think about all the things we've been able to accomplish to accomplish not only with the internet but with like things like skype podcasting would still be a twinkle in someone's eye as far as interviews and stuff without Skype. I mean, now granted, you could get all technical, get the nice audio equipment, bring in lines and all this other stuff, but on but this allows pretty much anyone to podcast. That is true, and that's how it gets dangerous with letting people like us share our thoughts on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those technically, uh, I'm very um, computer retarded, so uh, Skype is a very uh, big, huge blessing. And there have been times when my Skype wasn't working on my computer, but it was working on my iPhone. So I've had to talk on my iPhone to record before. So if it wasn't for Skype, I wouldn't I wouldn't be doing any of this. So yay. Thank you, Skype. Plug. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Lisa, people on, on the Princess cast know that you are an art fanatic. You like to collect sketches and get commissions and whatnot. And they also know that you are a very big Catwoman fan. Um, yes, sir. Now, 
we would like to know where did this Catwoman infatuation begin? Oh, the Catwoman fascination began back when I was uh, two years old. Yes, I was that little. Uh, my grandfather was in the Army Reserves with the actor that played the Riddler on the Adam West Batman show. Oh. So I was introduced to that at a very, very young age. And I grew well, I say I grew up loving cats. I mean, I was two, but we had a cat, and I love that cat to death. And there's this lady on the screen that was a cat, and I was like, <gasps> I love her. And it just slowly grew into this horrible obsession. Like, once I got older and I could read some of the comics and actually kind of figure out who she was. She was this badass chick that was breaking and entering and taking what she wanted and just not taking crap from anybody. I was like, I like her. I want to be like her. So that is where my uh, Catwoman obsession started. And it's only gotten worse since I've gotten older and actually got a real job. And I don't buy clothes. I, I buy Catwoman merchandise. So <laughs> <laughs> That's my story. <laughs> We've all got that obsession or that one thing that stands out more than anything else in the world. Like for me, it's like old school G.I. Joe's. So uh, oh, yeah. like the ones from the 80s. I still have a couple in the packages, but the child in me is like, go ahead and take those out. But the adult, <laughs> but the adult in me is like, you know how much that's worth, right? <laughs> but I'm like, nobody's Keep it in there. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. It's like a ever. It's like an ongoing battle. But like on the art tip. Like with uh, sketches and commissions and stuff like that, you, you're also pretty big with that as well. What types of artists, and this, this goes out to, you know, to each of you ladies, what types or what type of artists um, do you enjoy most? Well, I, I grew up, obviously, reading the second series Catwoman that was drawn by Jim Ballant. So any art that almost represents that, but not the really huge bodacious boobs or whatnot, I really, I really enjoy. I mainly look for talent and quality over quantity i think and if an artist is extremely nice and they're like hey i need some money for like to fix my computer or something commissions are only like 20 bucks i'm like i, I have an extra 20 dollars to help you get a computer and me to get some badass art and that's worked out several times i've had one that was horrible and we won't get into but i just mm -hmm. if it's yeah <laughs> i ranted about that so much any artist that I see that draws a, the covers to several books or actually did some artwork on some other things that I just really loved. Like, I just recently got a piece from Chrissy Zulo. I don't know if I said her name right, but she did the covers to the Cinderella stories for Vertigo. Mm -hmm. um, I just got a Catwoman piece from her, and she was, I swear, she was one of the nicest people ever because all I did was, are you taking commissions? Question mark, sad face. And she's like, yeah, what would you like? I was like, sweet. So... <laughs> <laughs> there you have it I really try to help the ones that are nice to you mm -hmm. and they deserve it I guess if that makes sense what about you ladies um, are there any artists that like you prefer have any favorites or anything I am a sucker for the pin up art so artists like you know you've got Adam Hughes the Dodsons Aaron Lepresti artists like that that can just that can make a lady look curvy but not impossible are there I can't get enough of it I j actually just hung up a poster of Adam Hughes's power girl where she's laying back I framed it and I put it above our couch in our living room if I, I mean I guess it's one of those it's like I don't even have the proverbial pot to piss in <laughs> if I did I, if I did I, you'd, I would definitely be more along the lines of wanting to like buy pages 
because there there are artists like Nicholas Scott and Amanda Connor who I adore that actually just sell their pages, and it's one of those. It's like if you email them, I mean, I mean, I've never done this, but I've heard that if you just email them, you know, and just ask them, you can maybe you know talk to them, you know, get get a page picked out and like pay for it. I mean, you got to pay for it, but yeah, artists artists are always really. I I think most most artists are really easy to work with when it comes to buying their work. Obviously, oh yeah, but, but then sometimes but you get the as, jerks. But yeah, as as we've experienced princess cast a few times, they're not always not always good about the the returning aspect of things. Mm-mm. <laughs> no, I, I heard that story on a couple of episodes. If you go back into the princess cast podcast log, you will hear of the uh, dreadful story that us uh, that Lisa, aka Spazzy, went through and. I could understand if she wanted to stab somebody after that story. Um, oh, God. That was just bad. <laughs> oh, the emails he sent me afterwards talking about how I was the unprofessional one. I was like, really? Come on, dude. I am not buying anything of yours ever again. Douche. Anyway, continuing on. <laughs> <laughs> and now, what about you, Mary? Um, well, I was pretty sure that Meg and I were going to say the exact same thing because um, I'm really into the pinup art as well. Some of the stuff that I have on my walls right now, I, I for Christmas I got some Harley Quinn artwork from Kristen Foxy Allen, and I just I, I'm about the same way. It's like I'm I'm very much a an impulse buyer. It's like I go to to a convention and I see something I like and then I get it. I don't I'm not quite as um into getting commissions or anything like that. I just kind of you know see and buy, <laughs> and I generally gravitate towards. Harley and Cassie Hack. Like, those are my two characters. So I have I have quite a bit of Harley stuff lately. I'm not as big into buying the artwork, mostly because I'm broke <laughs> usually. So I got a question for Mary, and ladies, once again, uh, feel free to chime in. You're a big sci-fi fan, um, and if I if I remember right, you're also a Star Wars fan. Star Trek and Star Wars. You got and, both. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> nope, no problem. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to misrepresent. I apologize. Oh, well, I may. I you know, I just I I watch a little bit of everything. I mean, I've watched Stargate, Farscape, all those. On the Star Wars tip, have mm-hmm. you have you ever listened to the old school? radio drama star star wars episodes i have not oh really now okay <laughs> yeah i'm basically one of those people who's just like the trilogy and that's it you know it, mm-hmm. the prequels i don't really enjoy i don't really enjoy well i've <sighs> i haven't really been able to catch much of clone wars but what i have caught i've liked but it's just like finding the time to watch all of them is kind of crazy yeah that's that's why i'm more star trek than star wars now was the prequels kind of threw me out of star wars cuz i just they weren't they didn't have that magic for me that the original trilogy did like in the original well i'm sorry the prequels are built for a completely different audience and oh, yeah. And it, and, it, and it really, really shows. And but the funny thing about it is, is that you know I didn't enjoy the prequels, you know, that much either. There, there are things about each movie I like, but like on a whole, it still doesn't compare to the original trilogy or the special edition or however many times Lucas has updated and remixed this thing. Right. But, but um, the one thing about the Clone Wars cartoon that I've enjoyed is that it's done more for the prequels and the prequel movies themselves. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can see that. 
from from the little bit I've seen of it, it definitely fleshes out that universe that the prequels take place in. To me, it's a lot better than the prequel movies. There's some stuff in the prequels that just make me shake my head. And I'm like, if I was a five-year-old, I would probably enjoy this. If I was 10, I'd probably enjoy it. But I'm in my 30s, and I'm like... It just, there's something missing. I tried to like Jar Jar. I really did. I tried. Mm-mm. And I, no, you didn't. I couldn't Don't do lie. it. No, I couldn't do it. I tried. And it's just like, I got through 20 minutes of like, you know, him being on screen the first time I ever saw this. And I'm just like, why? <laughs> just keep, yeah. You know, I can deal with an Ewok walking around saying yub yub. I can deal with that. I can, but Jar Jar just annoyed the oh. Okay, back to back. I'll have to get you a copy of the uh, Star Wars radio dramas. They had one for A New Hope, one for Empire, and uh, one for Return of the Jedi. The first one was like, I think, like 18, ep- 18 episodes for New Hope, then 12 for Empire, then 6 for Return of the Jedi. And it's actually really good stuff. So um, I'll, have to, I'll have to get you a copy of that. That would be awesome. I've, I've heard of them, but I never even knew where to look for them or or anything so that would be cool to listen to cool yeah they're kind of hard to find sometimes i'm surprised that like lucas wasn't like handing them out during the uh, star wars celebration but um but you're gonna pay for anything lucas has i was gonna say does he hand anything (laughs) out i mean really i mean you had to pay for everything there i'm surprised you didn't have to pay to stand in line i mean (laughs) it was a great show don't get me wrong but it was um yeah (laughs) <laughs> we had press passes and we couldn't even get into some stuff so wow. yeah now that that's crazy now on the doctor who tip I need to know as far as favorite doctors go because I I haven't had I've never had any Doctor Who discussion on this podcast. Who's your favorite doctor? Okay. So, I think my first favorite has to go to Tom Baker, the fourth doctor, because that's that's the doctor that, you know, my dad watched. So, it kind of has there's that, you know, a little bit more personal connection to it. But I mean, if you actually watch those episodes, I think Scott watched them and she was talking about them in the forums for our show and she was just like oh my god they are so boring and she's not entirely wrong (laughs) like the effects are pretty they're you know they're they reflect the time period in which they were made yes and but but like like, tom baker is brilliant like he's just this he just he was such a great doctor but i mean i think most people are kind of like they don't. They don't. They're not too concerned. I think with some of the old school episodes because it's they are. They're they are campy to the max. But um, I'm pretty fond of the eleventh one, that the season that just finished this past fall, mm-hmm. with Matt Smith. He is a delight to say the least. But I don't know. It's it's kind of hard though because David Tennant owned the role for so long and he really just epitomized everything that the Doctor should be. So, doctor, 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 der. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd have to say David Tennant. I have, I'm not a huge Doctor Who fan, but I do enjoy his portrayal of the Doctor. I have never watched a Doctor Who episode, so I have no say in this matter. Study <laughs> out. <laughs> oh, that's fine. No, that's cool. No, no worries. No worries. There, 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 no one hurt me. 
no, no. Th- there is there is no hurting and no hatred on the PKD black box. It's all love. So no worries there. You're good. You're good. Uh, Y'all remember that later, okay? Y'all remember that when Sky gangs up on me, okay? Okay. <laughs> just just have her call me. We'll get it all worked out. Now, Meg, I, I feel you on the old school Doctor Who with Tom Baker because growing up, that was the first Doctor I saw as well. So, and yeah, you're right. The, the effects are corny and they're cheesy, but it, it's it's within that time period. I mean, that I don't want to call it like basic... Uh, basic cable te- you know television recording standards but essentially that's what it is you <laughs> yeah know, you know to make all that stuff and for that time it's and for that time and for those and for the budget which wasn't really that much per episode it's pretty amazing yeah, yeah. they did a lot with what they had they just didn't have much exactly <laughs> and, and like and they worked they worked it the best they could no tom baker was that dude i remember as a kid like uh, one halloween i got so hyped I, my mom, like my mom and I went like searching, like went to like Goodwill Salvation Army or whatever to find like a long trench coat and like a multicolored scarf. Yep. And <laughs> so I could dress up as Doctor Who for Halloween and kids were asking me who I was. They were like, I was I'm like, I'm Doctor Who. They're like, who the hell is that? They're like, who? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, you don't, it's like, you never watched Doctor Who? And then they, then they have the nerve to call me nerd, even though like, you know, they read comic books and stuff. I'm like, wait a minute, isn't this like the pot calling the kettle black? I don't understand. I, I just don't get it. Tom Baker was really cool. And like, but my favorite um, going back is um, the one is the doctor before Tom Baker, a dude by the name of uh, John Pertney. John, yeah. That was my dude because like he had like the pimp outfits and he, yeah. and, and like he had like the crazy car and they kept him on earth because it was basically low budget. So they just kept him on earth. <laughs> had his homeboy, the Brigadier with them all the time. And yeah. oh, he was just he was like one of my he's like my favorite doctor ever. I get hype anytime I get to see old school Doctor Who with uh, with Pertwee on it. So I always loved his like yeah his ruffles and his frilly sleeves. Plus like it's kind of funny because like out of all the doctors, I mean he was kind of the one who actually like was more physical with his fighting. Because didn't he know like space aikido or something like that? <laughs> yes, yes. You know he, right before he scrapped with somebody, he'd be like have at you now, and then just like start like doing all these karate moves and stuff or like aikido <laughs> yeah. chops. And I would fall out. I just fall out on the, on the floor laughing, but it was still awesome. This is the only dude that would try to karate chop one of the Cybermen. But, um, <laughs> you know. Today's episode is also brought to you in part by Geek Syndicate Year One. Join Dave and Barry as they hunt werewolves, kidnap Santa Claus, and seek vengeance on schoolyard bullies in the pages of Geek Syndicate Year One, the first collection of the Geek Syndicate webcomic by Harold Jennett. All proceeds go towards Heifer International. Heifer's mission is to work with communities to end hunger and poverty and care for the earth. By giving gifts of livestock and training, Heifer International empowers them to turn lives of hunger and poverty into self-reliance and hope. Geek Syndicate Year One is available to order at dcbservice.com for only $3. And now, back to the show. As far as comics go, because I know a lot of you are are avid comic readers, Gotham City Sirens, I've heard you all talk about that on the show, and various other books, Power Girl, Wonder Woman. On the Wonder Woman tip, how do you feel about the state of Wonder Woman right now 
in, com- in comics and media as a whole. This, obviously, this is kind of something that means a considerable amount to me considering how big um, a Wonder Woman fan I am. But I am not going to lie. I'm not, I didn't really like what JMS did. And I think it's just one of those things. I just think more, more so than she needs a reboot in a new costume, I think writers just kind of need to figure out how to write her and more importantly i think dc needs to figure out how to market her better yeah because the people who read who read the, i mean most of the people who read the stories beforehand that came from yale simone and greg rucka things like that i don't see too many people who actively dislike them i think there are some people who might fi- who find them a little boring but i mean usually those are the people who aren't particularly interested in the character i don't know but i think the whole this this new storyline with making the trying to make her just more appealing it's obviously it's not working and i just think that goes to show that it doesn't it's not really the reboot that matters it's how to how to market her i don't like it simply because i hate it when writers are like i'm gonna dynamically change this character and everyone's gonna love it or they're gonna hate it and cause controversy (laughs) i'm evil (laughs) i hate that it's just like they're a good strong character already leave them the way that they are just write stories about them uh he screwed up superman taking a walk across america for whatever freaking reason he's doing it i don't know i just hate it when they're just like i'm just gonna change everything about the character and screw up everybody and make her wear pants and a 90s jacket now yeah now now i I, I like i like the 90s team jacket look i'm sorry i I like the team jacket now i know i know that's an iconic costume that wonder woman had before but i'll be the first to tell you as a kid that grew up reading 90s comics the team jacket got me a little hyped Please don't stab me. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I, I promise. No stabbings. Nothing but love. But I just, I liked her in her little cut-off booty pants or, you know, short shorts, little spandex panties, whatever the hell she was wearing. What, what would you call that? I don't even know. Uh, uh. My, my, my grandma used to call them Star Spangled Draws. That's what she used to call them. Well, we'll call it that. Star Spangled Draws. I like that a whole lot better than the pants. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, I actually think uh, New Wonder Woman is still waiting to hear back from Jim Lee's X-Men in the 90s, seeing if she can maybe join up their team. <laughs> Mary, now, do you read Wonder Woman, or is that a book you stay away from? Or I, I mean, I, I don't actively avoid it, but it's just one that I haven't gotten into. Okay. So many books, so little time. Oh, no, I feel you. Speaking of books, um, well, what books, we'll, we'll bring it back on, on a positive aspect, um, but oh, one thing on the, on the Wonder Woman thing, my issue... Like, I'm, you know, I wasn't really feeling the JM, JMS run either. And, like, one thing that always bothers me about the Wonder Woman books is that when they bring a new writer on, the sales spike up for two issues and then they drop back down to normal. And it's just this constant spike. It's it's constant spike, which really bothers me. And there's no consistency as far as level of sales and stuff like that. And now that Straczynski's off the book, although, and, you know, they brought on Phil Hester, which is great. He's, like, one of my favorites. But he still has to use Straczynski's plot lines and stuff. Yeah. And, and so, when I, so like, I remember as a kid, if I saw a comic book and on the front cover they put who was working on the book, and if I saw more than, like, five people on the book, I'm like, unless this is, like, a trade paperback, we got a problem. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's an issue that a couple of my favorite books have been having, both Wonder Woman and Birds of Prey. I mean, Birds of Prey at least had the, the decency to have one writer throughout, but... 
all the changes up with like different artists and stuff it just it's confusing and when you have don kramer who does the, who does the art for the wonder woman book who hasn't actually been able to like he hasn't i think done penciled a single a full single issue since the the wonder woman like the first the first issue of the revamp that came out hmm. and it's like if your artist can't even keep up with the book that they're assigned I think you have issues, and that book has got that book has had issues from six oh one, like right from when it started. I mean, it's uh, well, hell, the, you know, the book had issues ever since uh, when Heinberg first got on it with Heinberg and the Dodsons. Like my biggest fear was was that Heinberg wouldn't be able to finish, and he and he couldn't. And I mean, yeah. and it was cool. I mean, you had Jody Picoult for a minute, and then that brought on Gail Simone, which was really cool. But there's still all those issues and problems in between and the same thing's happening again. Yeah. Well, that was one of the things that bothered me was bringing Jodie Picoult, 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 I'm not sure how you say her name, but bringing her on there. It's like, yeah, exactly. so the lady who's reading them, does, is, doesn't she write those books that my mom reads? Yeah. I don't, I don't, no one really, I, I, I didn't really know who she was because I never really read her books. And on top of that, you can't just take someone who writes and tell them to write a comic book. You have to actually know how to write a comic book. It's the two are the two are not the same thing. Well, I think I remember during that same year or whatnot, DC was trying to have a lot of writers of novels write comic books, and she was the one picked for Wonder Woman because she also read it and she really like loved the character, and but she couldn't get her shit out on time. You know? Yeah. No, no. Um, I was just gonna say the thing that like always that always like bothered me was. When the trade paperback came with uh, Jodi Picoults, and I, I swear, I, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. When her trade came out with the um, with the Wonder Woman run, her name is like emblazoned on the front mm-hmm. of the trade, and it's you know almost you know bigger than Wonder Woman, you know the Wonder Woman um, logo. That right there is like a like a warning flag to me. Yeah, it's like they did it it's for the like- money. Yeah, it's selling the name and then, but not the character, which is it should be the other way around. It's like when you see like movies, they're like directed by this famous guy that made this really good movie, to, because they want to try and bring people in, even though the movie itself might actually be crap. But they're like, hey, look, this guy's attached to it. Look, 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 look. Are you gonna buy it now? Do you want it now? There no. There is nothing worse than seeing a movie like that where it's like from the producers of. It's like really the producers <laughs> of. <laughs> X, Y, and Z, you know, it's, uh... From the producers of Eurotrip, I'm like, done, I'm... Yeah! (laughs) Well, due to technical difficulties, uh, a.k.a. Skype blowing up, it has not been too friendly uh, to the PKD Black Box podcast as of late, but that's okay because we persevere regardless. Uh, on the line again, we have Mary and Lisa from the Princess Cast. Uh, welcome back once again, ladies. Oh, thank you for having us again. Yeah. <laughs> Fun times. Yeah. <laughs> well, <cool. laughs> I like it. <laughs> well, I tell you what, this is what we're going to do. We, there's some other things that we didn't talk about before. Skype exploded and ruined uh, the, the second half of our conversation that I wanted to talk to you ladies about. And one of those things is something that I know I've heard you ladies talk about in the Princess cast before, and I've heard a lot of you know a lot of people on, on the Geek set and the non-Geek set talk about, and that's one Olivia Munn. Now, <laughs> now Olivia Munn, we you know for for those who know of Olivia Munn, she made her start on uh, G4 TV's Attack of the Show, 
and from Attack of the Show. She gained a little bit of popularity popularity there. Ended up on some magazines. You know, would always do the uh, San, San Diego Comic Con specials for G Four. Landed a, a cameo in Iron Man. Landed a cameo in Chuck. Only to end up on the new show for NBC, Perfect Couples. Now, there's a lot of people that question her quote-unquote like you know i guess geek cred or or stuff like that because she came up you know with g4 which is you know a geek you know geek centric channel and a lot of people always felt that she wasn't really down with the geeks it was just her her little way to get in and go and get ahead in your general opinion how do you ladies feel about somebody like olivia munn (laughs) well if you listen to our show like that's our our big joke is Olivia Munn. We're always like down with Olivia Munn. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's like she uses, (laughs) we feel like she kind of uses the fact that she's a model more to, to work her way into, you know, like, Hey, I'm hot and I play video games. So look at me. I'm, I'm awesome. I'm a nerd. When she's admitted that she never really played games before getting on G4 and doesn't seem to know know her stuff, you know, to really hang with the nerds, I guess you could say. I just don't like posers or people that say that they're one thing, but in actuality, they're not. And she's like a classic example of, well, yeah, I dabble, but she's not like hardcore like she makes out to be. So I, to me, I'm just like, uh, I'm over you. Please go away. Leave me alone. Don't, don't show. Get off my TV. Stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing I never understood is when she came out with that book called Suck It Wonder Woman. I never yeah. I, I never really understood that title because I'm like, well, you know, Wonder Woman is like one of the most iconic characters, not only in comic books, but it's a very iconic character in Western culture. It's also a character that's very liberating towards women. So why would you tell why would why would somebody say something like that? Or use that for a title of a book. To this day, that is still that still baffles me a touch. Yeah, she, I, she probably did it. I'm sorry, she probably did it for attention. One thing, so people would actually pick up her book, and just because she's she thinks she's probably better than Wonder Woman now at this point in her career. <laughs> sorry, so much hate. It's, 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 <laughs> let let it out. Let it out. You can't hold that hate in. Hate holding in hate is bad. Holding in <laughs> hate is bad. Let it out. <laughs> I did. Okay. Okay. Use it. Yeah. Use, use that red ran, red lantern rage. Get it out. Get it out. I'm sorry, Mary. Go Arr. ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I can't say I've read that book, but from hearing you know things about it, it's just like she tries to drop names and drop you know things that nerds would know in that book, but completely gets it wrong. Like DJ Chris and Fetty's vet. <laughs> like she's talking about MC Chris's Fet's vet. Right. And she calls him DJ Chris and she calls it Fetty's Fetty's vet. I, it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, like, oh. You don't even know who Boba Fett is. <laughs> and you say you're a nerd. <laughs> you, I, you know, my whole my whole thing on it is this. The, the route that she's taken to get to where she is from the geek asp from the geek route. A lot of people haven't tried that. So I understand why she did it. But there's a lot of falseness you know like like lisa said there's a lot of poser Mm -hmm. behind that Mm -hmm. and and really we've come to a stage in geekery where or pop culture or geek you know geekism whatever we've come to a stage where even this can have a poser rating who knew who knew that it could go this far i mean if you were like you know years ago if you were a geek or if you were a nerd or or whatever 
you know, nobody wanted to be a poser for a geek or nerd. But now it's something that's more acceptable because geek is chic. So, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's kind of it's just kind of strange how, every, how like, you know, that's kind of kind of evolved and where it ended up getting and where Olivia Munn ended, ended up going because of it. Now, granted, her show, Perfect, the show she's in, Perfect Couples, hasn't been getting uh, nice reviews and it actually loses yeah. it actually loses viewers because um, it comes on. I think it comes on after Community and I think it actually loses viewers because um, we watch Community. It's like, uh, no, thank you. And, and then they leave yeah. and then they leave and they come back for the other stuff. I've just been I've been real curious about to how you know women feel about olivia munn because you know dudes are either or they could really care less because just a lot of dudes you know eye candy i come from a world where like my grandma once told me women hate women it doesn't matter what they do but in in this situation i think it's different because it's somebody that is really perceived to be faking the funk to get ahead yeah in another way it's kind of worrying because then it makes you feel like if you don't know everything about nerd culture, then, you you know, sometimes because I don't know a whole lot about comic books, I wonder if people kind of look at me like, oh, she's kind of like Olivia Munn just trying to fake her way through it, you know? No, no, I'm (laughs) I'm not saying that, you know, that it's something I worry about, you know, it doesn't keep me up at night, but I'm just saying, you know, she she's obviously done enough homework to get by but you know right let's face it she didn't start off being a big fan of video games and comic books right right now see like and and like and i understand like the whole thing you know you you know having concerns about not being able to know know everything and and like that goes with anybody i mean because we there's just no way there's no way we could learn every single thing you know but if it's something that you really enjoy and what you like, then boom, you've got that on you've got that knowledge on lockdown. Nobody can take that away from you. There's always going to be some form of authenticity, you know, whether it be from you, whether it be from Lisa or Meg or anybody else on Princess Cast or any nerd or geek or, you know, or whatever somebody likes. There's always some form of authenticity, but people know when you're faking them. That is true. Speaking of video games, one thing that we wanted to talk about in the last conversation that actually that I meant to bring up, but I kind of actually forgot about it was just video games in general. What games like I guess how can I say this? Um, What games like do you currently enjoy right now? And do you have like any type of any all time faves? Actually was alone at home today and spent the entire day playing beautiful Katamari. And my my thumbs hurt so bad from jamming the the um the sticks around oh um, it, it was yeah, that kind of sounded bad but you know it's just, um actually my thumbs are like really sore now because i've been playing that since about like noon today and just stopped you know for this interview and i have it on pause we'll probably go back to playing that <laughs> um i also downloaded for we the first WIFTA, which is the Women's Flat Track Derby Association. It's the first WIFTA-approved roller derby game for the Nintendo Wii. It's called Jam City Roller Girls, and it's available for download. And it's pretty awesome. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Is it, like, really interactive? 
Yeah, um, you use your, you know, Wiimote and your num your nunchuck and, you know, you use the stick on the nunchuck to skate and steer and then you use the buttons on the Wiimote to do, you know, to hit people and to, there's power-ups <laughs> and there's, like, you have to collect stars and then if you collect enough stars, then you can do, like, super awesome power-ups. It's It's great. And you play as the jammer, which is a position that I almost never play because I'm not a super fast skater. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of fun. And you actually play as real life um, skaters from real teams. So I can play as Bonnie Thunders, who is someone who I think is really cool. And it's just awesome, you know. That is the real deal. If they're actually using, if they actually have licenses, like a license to get actual players, they yeah. are, they are taking that game pretty serious. Then that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can play as like the Gotham Roller Girls or the Rat City Roller Girls from Seattle. I mean, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's real fun. Well, I I'm a all around gamer. I can actually say that officially now since I just picked up my first MMO, which is DC Universe Online. Woo! I've been playing that. Oh, yeah, for the PS3. <laughs> I've been playing that when I have time. My life is crazy right now. So I've played that. The other game I've been playing a lot recently is Ratchet & Clank, A Crack in Time. I love that series. It's just <laughs> fun, and the guns are adorable, <laughs> which I don't know if adorable is the right word for a gun. Um <laughs> been having a lot of fun with that and i've also been playing um one of the kingdom hearts games for the psp it's i think it's birth by sleep and it's really interesting because it's completely different characters but they're they tie into the main characters and it's just it's interesting so when i have time i've been playing a, a variety of games but i do love all sorts of games like first person shooters and stuff like that so me too i play a little bit of everything so I've just been playing some really geeky stuff lately, like Katamari. <laughs> Goddamn Japan music getting in my brain. Have you ever played a game? It was on the PlayStation. It was an original PlayStation game that you could play on the PS2. It was called, I think, um, was it called Incredible Crisis or uh, like something Crisis? And it was it was a it was a Japanese game, and it was basically a bunch of mini games where there's this guy who would always have these panic attacks and would have to play, play like these mini games to get out of a situation. And it, and after every mini, mini game, it would lead to another scene, which would lead to another mini game, which would then lead to another mini game, which would then lead to another mini game. Like there was one game in there where he's being uh, chased by a bull, I think, in his office, and he's trying to hurry up and escape and jump out the wind, jump, you know, jump out of like a glass window or something like that. Utterly insane. And... I could not stop. I could not stop playing this game. I played it like nonstop for like three weeks, and this was during a period of time because I was because I had a PS2, and then there was a PS1 game. I didn't have I didn't have a memory card, so I just had to pause it. And so I'm like, yeah, that's real smart. Why don't you just buy a memory card so your mm -hmm. so your PS2 doesn't overheat? And I was like, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Those types of games are so addictive. Yeah, it's like some of the dumbest looking games can be the most addictive. It's crazy. Because I'm always behind with my video games, like with pretty much everything else. Now, I take it you ladies have like went through the whole gambit of Arkham Asylum, right? Oh, yes. Okay. Now, <laughs> yes. I, 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 need a, I need a lady's input on Arkham Asylum. Was it all that in a bag of chips? 
Yes. Okay. okay. I, for one, cannot wait until Arkham City because you want to know who's in it? A Catwoman. Thank you. <laughs> she wasn't in the first one, which was ridiculous. Really? Sorry. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, Spazzy hasn't even heard this yet. So the roller derby team that I'm trying out for, yeah. or the league, they just added a new team called the Arkham Assailants. I'm like, I want on that one. Yeah. I want on that one right now. <laughs> That's the one I would want. I'd be like, I'm moving there just to be on yeah. your team. <laughs> and people are like, Arkham, what? Like, what's Arkham? And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> Wow, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. I just I just saw that today. I was like, what? <laughs> I just had to say that. But yes, Arkham Asylum is amazing. It's a great game. Now, you've been, been talking about roller derby a bit over the past few minutes. In, in the midst of talking about video games and whatnot, one of the um, comic books that, um, that like, I publish, it's a buddy cop comedy comic book, and we release it in trade paperbacks. And one of the stories in the latest one that's going to come out, latest trade paperback that's going to come out later this year, actually has a roller derby as a, a roller derby championship game in the comic and there are two teams just like the houston hot things and the dayton dynamics there's a murder that's gonna that's gonna go down at the champ you know at the championship and it's just kind of funny because like i've had to learn and like the person that co-wrote this that co-wrote this story has also had to learn a lot about roller derby and i remember i um i think i i, I sent Eric Powell, the creator of The Goon, um, I had sent him a message on Twitter, and I, and I said, I, you know, I want to know a little bit more about, about roller derby. And I said, you know, what would you recommend? Because he, he, he used to talk about roller derby on his Twitter all the time. And he sent me a direct message with a link to a site that talked about everything about roller derby and how, and how like, when it originally started, you know, it was like, it was more, it was staged, but now it's just completely legit and it's completely real and stuff. And like, I was blown away by all this stuff. So I just learned what a jammer was today. <laughs> you know, like, awesome. you know, like, I just thought, okay, they just go in circles and they just pushing people and I don't know how they score. I don't know anything about this. This stuff is like, this is real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's real. You know. Actually, I was just online on my Facebook, you know, talking to some of my friends from my league back in Cincinnati that I was with. One of the girls just snapped her ankle a couple of weeks ago, oh. had to have surgery and everything. And it wasn't it was just during practice, you know, just uh. just snapped it. It's like it's it's real stuff, even in practice. And um, what I'm learning to play now, because there's the more prevalent type is the women's flat track derby. But what I'm learning to play now is the old school derby style, which is a little bit rougher. You're allowed to use your arms to hit people and get down. That that gets. Yeah, exactly. That gets even more like people think that that is more staged, you know, or fake because, you know, it's rougher. But it's like, nope, not at all. It's not like pro wrestling. It's not predetermined who wins at all. (laughs) No, and I'm I'm just like amazed by the number of leagues and just everything everything to do with roller derby. I just I just had no idea that it, it you know it was still you know just running strong. It's went through its phases over the decades. It's definitely went through its phases, but I didn't know it it was as strong as it is right now. Yeah, it's it, pretty amazing. It almost completely went away in the '90s. I mean, it was declared dead, and then back in 2000, I believe. 
uh, league in Texas just decided, like, we're going to rewrite the rules and we're going to do it the way we want to do it. And it just caught on. Woo, Texas! <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Um... <laughs> There's still like, I guess, I guess uh, the word would be exclude or, um, or just removal or just, you know, a lot of, you don't hear a lot of people talking about women gamers or women gamers market. And the thing is, is that women play games, whether it be on the PC, whether it be on a console, you know, not, you know, you know, I don't know the exact numbers as like as far as women to men go, but there's still numbers and loads of women gamers out there. And and I just wonder, and like, you know, if you have an answer for it, cool. If you don't, that's, that's, that's cool too. How come more people don't like focus toward women gamers or at least acknowledge, make more acknowledgement of women gamers when it comes to, you know, when it comes to the gaming market in general? Do they really not? Well, I didn't, I thought that that was all changing because they have a lot more girl centric games now. Granted, it's still majority boys, but they've started, I, well, uh, I, let me think. Go, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why we don't get acknowledged so much. I guess if it was more, like, more women played games and were more, I guess, vocal about, like, hey, we want games for chicks. These are all targeted to guys, you know. I, but then again, I would hate that. Right. Like, what yeah. would you make a game about, like, knitting? Um, I, I bet know. they have one like that. Not even lying. Yeah. I don't think that it would make enough news or people would, would get too excited about it. And maybe that is sexist or whatnot, from my view, even though I'm the girl saying it. I just don't think it's, like... Because they're going to advertise for a game, and if girls want to play it anyway, they're going to go get it. That's what I do, and mm -hmm. I'm sure it's yeah. what you do, too. So it's not like they really need to, you know, be like, well, this is for men, and girls enjoy it, too, you know, type things. Right, like a woman-focused ad for Halo Reach would not have swayed me any more to buy it than the fact that it was fucking Halo Reach and I wanted to play it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, there you go. And, and, you know, black ops, I mean, how are you going to make that, you know, cuddly and girly, you know, it's like, nope, I'm going to play Call of Duty Black Ops because it's one of the best games that came out this year, you know, mm. for like Black Ops or something. Well, you can make patterns out of their blood splatter, you know, Come on, <laughs> I, now see Black Ops was also they also had that commercial where you had like like celebrities and like average Joes actually like acting as if they were playing against each other and like they were mm -hmm. shooting guns at each other and stuff like that. Now, I like that commercial for a couple of reasons. You had, granted, it's a commercial, so it's not real, but you had like average people, celebrities, all playing this game and all doing things. And you had um, one person that was the noob and I think that was like Jimmy Kimmel. And I think his, even his bazooka mm -hmm. said, you know, newbie or something like that. And, and he shot the wrong thing. And then there's the person that shot at the door. And, you know, but there were other people doing other types of crazy things, too. And and, yeah, you know, I feel that when you know, when you make a game, you just you just make it. And hopefully everybody digs it and calls it and just calls it a day. I just know from like, you know, a short period of time dealing with like, you know, software and, and stuff like that. You don't hear like a lot of like you hear from like a lot of women testers of software. 
you know, software games. You don't hear, you don't get to hear a lot of that or hear or know of it. Like a lot of the you know, people that I knew back in the day that tested software and video games are dudes. And, yeah. And so I guess like I'm wondering like, it, it, you know, has that balanced out? Has that gotten better? Those types of things have always kept me curious. Yeah, I wish I knew. I mean, I, I've applied over and over and over again. I live right near the um, EA Tiburon Studios, and I've applied over and over again to test there, and I've never gotten so much as an email or anything from them. It's like, is it because I'm a chick? I mean, my name's Mary, so it's very obvious, you know. <laughs> maybe if I, maybe if my name was Sam or something, I can't even go with my middle name. <laughs> my middle name's Catherine. If I put like Cat on there or you know Kate, it's not gonna work. No, so you, you change your name from Mary to Madison. So you, you use Madison, be like Madison, and then just drop off the application. Then they give you a call, like, oh, like too late. Got to take me. So. <laughs> Got me. <laughs> oh, something else about video game commercials that you made me think of. I think it was the PlayStation 3 commercials where the girl called into the PlayStation offices like, I have a complaint. My boyfriend is pay- playing this game all the time. Oh, yeah. Attention to me. And I would always be like... Lose the bitch. Like, <laughs> there's girls out there who will game with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah that, that commercial so, is so annoying. <laughs> that does more to to say it says more about women in gaming than anything. That the girlfriend is always seen as just like the nagging girlfriend who is just you're not spending enough time with me. I don't like you playing all these video games. It's like, no, there's a bunch of us out here like me and my boyfriend, I'm like, you want to play a game with me? He's all like, I got other stuff to do. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> One round. Come on. Yeah. So. I'm like that. We need to finish Donkey Kong soon because that game's hard, though. I don't want to play it, but then I do. <laughs> <laughs> I find myself sometimes going back to like old school games and playing like uh, emulators, like NES emulators and stuff. Yes. And I'm like, and I'm like, okay, like I know I've been playing PlayStation and Xbox games over the years, but these NES games should not be this hard for me now. I'm like, how come I can't get used to the two-button, one-joystick method now? I'm like, this is ridiculous. I grew up on this. How come I can't do this anymore? I can't finish Contra. This is bullshit. And, <laughs> and I get all mad. And I'm like, what's, what's the damn what's the damn Contra cheat? I can't remember the damn code. Drives me absolutely insane, but... We have, um, like, Super Mario Brothers and stuff like that on our Wii, and I get so mad at that game. I'm like, fuck! Like, this game is so 80s! Why is it giving me problems? I hear ya. Yeah, I remember being a kid and having the original Game Boy that didn't save your games. Yeah. And, and having, I, I believe it was Super Mario Brothers for that. And one summer just being like, all right, new batteries in it every time I restarted, you know, and would put it on pause for dinner and stuff. And eventually I beat it. <laughs> but that was insane. That was a marathon of video game playing all summer long. I remember I had a Sega Game Gear, and it came with this big-ass battery pack. It had an AC adapter, but this AC adapter was, like, literally a portable battery. And the portable battery was, like, the size of a hoagie, and it was connected <laughs> to, like, a power cord. And, you know, you plug it in, you, pl- you get to play your Game Gear for whatever. But I had, I had a Power Rangers game, 
and once again, there are no 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 battery backups, no no saves. You just have to keep playing. So I pause, and then like you know, go do what I had to do, come back and play. Pause, go back and do what I had to do, come back and play. And I remember literally, I did that so much it burned it burned the game into the screen. So oh, wow. So so no, no matter what I played, there was a damn Power Rangers logo in my <laughs> damn game gear. I'm like, I'm trying to play baseball. And I'm like, was that a strike? No, that's Dragon Zord. Fuck! I, you know, I, I'm like, I couldn't tell what was what. And oh, oh god, it was terrible. Oh no. Sorry, sorry. That 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 I had a, I had a nerd rage moment. Let me calm it down. Let me call. <laughs> sorry, sorry. As far as going back to uh, geek moments and stuff like that, have you ladies like ever like had any type of geek moment or something that like left a positive mark on you as far as like you know the world of pop culture and and, and like geekness goes? Whether it was like say for instance a, a wonderful piece of art or meeting an idol or um, you know just or just like a movie or something something that really just that you cherish and you just take with you no matter where you go. Can my fiance count? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 we can let that count. Um, we can let that. No, nah, yeah, that'll give him a too big of a head. Okay, <laughs> it's gonna sound really stupid, but it's something that's really weird to me. Um, I've always been, you know, big geek, collected toys and stuff like that. But there was these two action figures. They came in a pack. It was like Batman Legends or something, and it had Egyptian Batman and Egyptian Catwoman, and they were my favorite action figures. Ever, I loved them, and I'd always play with them, and I'd take them everywhere with me. I mean, my backpack at school. Yes, I'm a dork. Whatever. <laughs> um, so my nephews ended up stealing them and took them back to Dallas or whatever when I was really when they were young, and then I finally found them, and I still have them in my like my dresser drawer, and they just always remind me of how I've always been a nerd and how I shouldn't be embarrassed about that because it's just who I am, and and it became a very bad obsession while I look around my room at all of my stuff and and need to save money and not spend it but <laughs> I think that's kind of a positive thing that I've always kept with me yes. is that what you were kind of looking for yeah. or did I just completely go to no, like no 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 that you went to the you went to the right spot you went to your happy place dimension eight <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <I don't> know. <laughs> no that's cool no that is uh, that's wonderful yay <laughs> oh I have to say for me and and People have already heard this story a bit, but I'll tell it again. Um, so I was into Star Wars a lot as a kid. They they came out with the special editions and I had seen them all, you know, the original editions on VHS. And I had a friend of mine who was like, oh, you like Star Wars? She was like, I'm watching this show called Star Trek Voyager and I think you would really like it. And... So, you know, she talked me into it. I sat down and I watched it. And the first episode that I watched, which was not a good jumping on episode, but it was the one where I believe it was called The Killing Game, where they were in a holodeck program of Nazi Germany. So it was kind of like not a good way to learn about the characters <laughs> because they were playing other characters. But... uh I, I got hooked on it and me and this girl would talk like every morning, like the, the morning after the show had been on, you know, the night before in homeroom and we would discuss the show and like our favorite characters and, you know, just how awesome Star Trek is. And that's always stuck with me. It's just like, you know, to have someone who was also a popular kid because I was not super popular you know i liked star wars and science and math and stuff like that so to have a popular kid 
say, hey, I really like this Star Trek thing. This is really cool. You want to talk about it? And we would geek out, like full on geek out in the middle of homeroom, you know, once a week about this show. I just think back on that all the time, like... I was beyond hope. (laughs) And it was awesome. I miss those days. After all the technical difficulties and snafus and whatnot, we also have Meg back on the show again. Welcome back again, Meg. Glad to have you here. Yeah, thank you. You're very, very welcome. The ladies and I were talking about favorite geek moments or or something that left a positive mark on you through you know through geekery or through pop culture do you have one of those and if so what is it i do and it's really i guess it's more of like an event like because i would definitely say c2e2 last year because that was actually what introduced me to the population and like the panels on pages people and what actually gave me a community of people to talk to about nerdy stuff and give me a chance to get, you know, crazy drunk with and flip over couches with popular comic creators. <laughs> so I think that C2E2 is definitely like that moment for me. Cause even within like C2E2, I got to meet, like I got to meet Gail Simone and Adam Hughes and, you know, Adam Hughes drew me like a Catwoman face sketch and for, t- for free. I mean, I was just talking to him and Allison while he's there, he just doodled me a Catwoman in my sketchbook. And I was like, this is the most precious thing I've ever received. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I mean, just, it was great. I mean, cause you get around, meet your, you know, the creators out. Like Amanda Connor drew me a power girl in my sketchbook. Like just, you know, just talking to them and meeting them and actually getting a chance to be like, oh, you know, those books that I buy and talk about obsessively. Thanks for making those. I guess, yes, yeah, C2E2, because I actually met a lot of people who would become really good friends and getting that chance to actually meet people for the first time. Now, are you ladies going to C2E2 this year? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, we will be yes, hopefully. up in the C2E2 business. I, I'm very jealous because I've yet to go to C2E2 and I want to go to C2E2. And I'm trying, I'm, I'm not, not saying that it will happen, but I'm trying to at least go there for one day just to experience it. Convention season is crazy. And April is, a March and April are crazy months for conventions. I swear everybody and their mama has a convention in <laughs> March or April and in yeah. May. And so I want to go there just w- at least one day to experience it. You know, normally if I go to a show, I'm behind a table or I'm behind a booth and I'm not walking around. And I just want that walking around experience. And for um, for, for C2E2, I definitely want to get a feel of that. So hopefully I'll be able to go for one day this year. But um, if not, I need y'all to like really party hard and have fun for me. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. Will right. do. Okay, cool. Okay, awesome. Awesome. That makes me feel better now. As far as like a geek moment for me, I have to give, once again, I have to give props to my mother. My parents can be blamed for like all of my geekery and, and, and stuff, and, you know, all of it. They can be blamed for every single bit of it because they just like, they cultured it into my system. And I remember the day I went to, um, I don't even know if these exist anymore, called United Dairy Farmers. And United Dairy Farmers is just like this little uh, store. It's like a, uh, a milkshake shop. They sold ice cream, milkshakes, and stuff like that. Now you'll see them with gas stations or whatever. Well, they used to be just like little convenience stores. 
And in the convenience store, you would walk in and they have like a spinner rack. And the spinner rack had all these comics. I think I was like eight years old. I was seven, probably seven or eight years old. And my mom would take me there like every week to get a slushie or to get some ice cream or, you know, or if I did something good in school. Well, one day we go and we walk into United Dairy Farmers and I look at the spinner rack and there's a Star Wars comic book. Now, needless to say, like I screamed like one of those like Prince type screams. My mom just turned around and looked at me. He's like, what is your problem? And I was like, Mama, the Star Wars, Star Wars comic book. And the front cover had C-3PO and R2-D2 being chased by like a bunch of droids that were like firing at him. And I begged and pleaded my mom to get me this comic, which was only 35, which was only 35 cents. Boy, I miss those days. Anyway, um, <laughs> and, and I, you know, and I begged and pleaded to have, to have it. And she bought it for me. And I remember that like that was yesterday. And I read that from front to back. And I remember I was so mad at first because it was literally a C-3PO and R2-D2 adventure with a brief cameo of Luke Skywalker and a brief cameo of uh, Princess Leia. And it was like drawn by Car- Carmine Infantino. And to this day, I re- remember every single page. And I just remember just smiling and grinning from ear to ear. And it was like one of the, just like one of those great moments. And from there on, I kept getting more comic books because of that. And, you know, I went from Star Wars and Richie Rich to, you know, to Captain America to Spider-Man to like, you know, independent stuff, just like across the boards over the years. And that's just that's that one moment. That's that thing that like, you know, got it started. I can once again blame. Well, thank my mom for uh, forget me for, for taking me down that path. So. Aww. I feel like I feel like that's a story that should be read next to the fireplace while young children sip hot cocoa and <laughs> there to listen to uh, listen to the story recounted to them. Yes, let me tell you of the time where comics were a, a mere pence. They were not expensive at all, and people rode in cars <laughs> the size of tanks. Yes, those were the days. We called them the late seventies, early eighties. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So. I just. Uh, stories like that actually make me jealous because I have two very non-nerdy parents, Aww. so they don't understand at all. My my dad's into um, James Bond a lot, but that's it. Like James Bond is his thing, but not any of the other stuff. And my sister is really into fantasy and and that kind of nerdiness you know and then i'm into the sci-fi stuff and my parents are just like what happened (laughs) (laughs) no i wish i'd had parents who were like hey you know they at least you know would take me to see star wars or something like that but kind of like with an eye roll you know like Mm -hmm. oh i guess see star wars again (laughs) no I, i remember my mom pulled me out of school to go see return of the jedi Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> the PA comes into like our classroom and it's like, um, Sean Pryor, uh, can can you please report to the principal's office? And all the kids are like, ooh, you did something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, I done got in trouble. What did I do? I'm sitting there like panicking. I'm sweating bullets. And there's my mom in the principal's office coming to sign me out. And, you know, she didn't, you know, didn't tell the principal what we were doing or where we were going. And like, I was like, mom, where are we going? She was like, you'll find out. You'll see. And we drive up like 30 minutes to this movie theater and um, and, and we're going to see Return of the Jedi. And like I, I freaked out because she she got hyped up about it as much as I did. And so and like my dad was a real big Star Trek fan. So when like Next Generation came out, we watched Next Generation together. 
And so like, and and that was like that weekly thing that we used, that we used to do. It's probably like, probably like one of the best periods of time I could say like in my life, like where I had my relationship with my dad, where it was the strongest was during that period of time. So it's something I definitely won't forget either. So yeah, I I tell you, I'm I'm for real when I say my parents are to blame for my geekery. It's the absolute truth. And, but I accept it with pride. Aww. I'm definitely going to be that nerdy parent who does that stuff with, but with my luck, two uber nerds for parent or for parents, you know, my kids are going to end up just completely like, no, no, I want to do scrapbooking and I want to <laughs> be a figure skater. Mom, just let me play football. Damn it. Exactly. I just want to play I don't football. Wanna, I don't want to go to <laughs> Yeah. Now, now, Meg, before you hopped in on the call, Mary and Lisa uh, said their said their piece on Olivia Munn. It would only be fair if we also got your insight on Olivia Munn uh, before we end this interview. So if you would like to take out a moment to say how you feel about Olivia Munn, here's a platform if you want it. Dude, fuck that bitch. <laughs> I'm so tired of people being like, oh, my God, Olivia Munn. She totally knows stuff. Like... Seriously, she just kind of makes me ill. I think about her and my stomach turns a little. That's a good Which I'm guessing is probably more along the lines of what Mary and Fazzy uh, said. You just said it so much more succinctly than we did. Yes. I just, I hate to be quick to judge, but you know what? It's been years that she's been like on that attack of the show and crap like that. And it hasn't, my opinion hasn't changed. You know, at some point I was hoping, yeah, you know, maybe she'll do something or prove that she is, you know, legit. And instead she t- publishes a book called Suck It Wonder Woman. After that, I was like, yeah, no, I'm done with you. You're dead to me. <laughs> what what I find funny is, is that we have direct TV. And once Olivia Munn left, left G4, no more than a few months later, direct TV dropped G4. What? Yeah, they dropped G4 because they said they weren't getting the numbers dropped them mm-hmm. yep dropped them like a bad habit so uh yeah we don't get g4 around here anymore not saying that i watched g4 because attack of the show kind of like annoyed me and like the only person i really liked is it a uh, oh blair butler i want to say yes. that's, her name. that's the only yeah. that's the only person I, I really enjoyed because you know she knew comics and there were a couple other people that kind of knew you know what they were talking about but like uh, that kevin the kevin and olivia annoyed the piss out of me i'm like okay are y'all just like dogging geek culture or do you really embrace geek culture or are you mocking it? I, I just, I never really understood them. I never really understood their appeal or their, or their niche. And I was just like, I don't, I'm not feeling y'all. So yeah, no, I don't have to, but I don't have to worry about them anymore because they're no longer on my cable. So yeah. Well, it's like listening to them is like listening to comic fans who hate comics. All they ever do is sit and complain about, Oh, comics suck. Why can't they make comics? Like they used to make comics. And it's like, mm-hmm. do you like anything? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I tell you what, before before we end this call, first off, once again, I want to say thank you, ladies, for, for coming back and, and, and finishing off this interview. And But before we go, could you ladies tell the people where they can find you on the Internet and, and, and on via the podcast and everything else? You can find the Princess Cast at Panels on Pages. Um, that's panelsonpages.com. And you can also find us, we're doing a new partnership with gamingangels.com. 
so you can actually get the podcast from both places now. We would prefer you subscribe through iTunes to the Panels on Pages feed because then you can get like all the goodness that comes through there. There's a new show, I think, almost every day now. Wow. Um, yeah, there's like, what, six or seven different shows now? It's it's insane. It's like um, we're like rabbits. We keep breeding more. I know. And and there's two new shows in the works now too. Um so Yeah, we'll have a show every day of the week if this keeps up. Yeah, yeah. I think we're very close to it. But of course the princess cast is the best. <laughs> so uh yep, you can do that. Um you can also find us on Twitter at the Princess Cast. And you can find me. I'm Simply Captain Painway on Twitter. Um, how, yep. how about you, Meg? Well, I am on the Twitter machines at Wonder Woman V2. That's really the only thing I'm using at the moment. I've got a blog project in the works, but Jesus Christ, I can't I can't bring myself to work on it until I get a job. So. <laughs> uh, understandable. Understandable. Yeah. You can stalk me on Twitter. Um, it's uh, it's just Comic Book Girl, C-O-M-I-X-B-O-O-K-G-U-R-L, because, you know, I have to be different. Or if you want to learn a lot about Catwoman from my standpoint, you can go to catwomanchronicles.wordpress.com. This is my new project where I'm going to try and write at least one decent article a week until I'm done with school about um, the femme fatale Catwoman, who's my hero. So if you can go there, and I only have two things really, or mainly one big blog now. It's about Anne Hathaway, but um, I hope to turn it into something bigger. But that's my project, and that's my Twitter, so feel free to stalk and talk to me. I don't bite, and I love having nerdy conversations. In all seriousness, uh, thank you, ladies, for, for coming on the show. I had a great time, and I hope the listeners did as well. And uh, continued best to y'all. Thank you. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. And that concludes this week's PKD Black Box. The PKD Black Box is a proud member of the HHWLOD Podcast Network and is available at hhwlod.com and is also available via iTunes. And you can still go to pkdmedia.com to get our podcast, check out our form, and read comics like Mercury and the Murd, Agents of Cult, and Luke Foster's The Gang from the Store for free. If you're on iTunes or our forum board, feel free to leave us a comment, or you can email us at blackbox at pkdmedia.com. Thanks again for listening. Until then, dream big and hustle hard. All right, you can hear me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yes, indeed. I I sometimes I'm afraid that this all doesn't work or something, you know. Oh no 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 problem no I I, I more than understand and and, and Lisa's on the line too. I am and my red lantern just hit me in the face. Oh oh no. <laughs> Isn't that what they're supposed to do though? Like the red lanterns all angry. Well, I mean, I was trying to, like, I bought the mirror figure again today so I could have two so I could take one out of the box because I'm anal that way. Mainly because I just wanted a little tiny. You are such a nerd. (laughs) Shut up. Because I mainly wanted just a little Dexter and bought the post picture. So you just, you think I'm a nerd now. But, um, um, and I was trying to get the red lantern out and it totally, like, smacked me in the face. I'm like, eh. No, no. My eye. I'm I'm the exact same way. I'm not saying that action figures always hit me in the face. 
but right. <clears throat> but sorry congestion but like as far as getting an action figure and like having one in the package and like having another one so you could take it out of the package yeah i sometimes have that issue too this is yet another reason why i don't like collect action figures um nearly as much as i used to like 10 years ago um, well, I wasn't like this until I started dating Chad, and then he fucking ruined me because he was like, "You can't, you can't take that out of the bag. What are you doing?" I was like, "I wanna, I wanna play." With no, you leave it in there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. See, Jason like yells at me if I leave stuff in the package. He's yeah, all like, "Take it out." He's like, "Take it out and play with it. It's a toy." You know, there's very, you know, you've seen, you've seen the toy yeah, room and I everything. Have seen crazy, yeah. I mean. There's, there's, you know, a few things I'm looking, there's, you know, some Joker stuff that's still in the box that, you know, but for the most part, everything gets taken out of the box around here. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm, so. I'm, I'm trying, I'm, and I'm trying to learn that. Like I used to have like a lot of, a lot of toys and stuff and eventually a lot of that stuff I sold and because it was still in the package, I got, you know, decent money or really good money for, for some of it. But, um, but at the same time, I'm like, I really want to take this out of the box. I'm like, I got this DC Direct Cyborg from like, I don't know, 10 years ago. I'm like, you know, nobody really likes Cyborg except me. I should take it out of the box now. And then, the, then there's the other side. I like, don't do it. You don't have another one. I'm like, I got to do it. I got to do it. Please don't be annoying. Thank you. <laughs> Are you talking to your cat? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, it's yeah. the only person you could be talking to. That or either the cat or Chad. Yeah, one of the cats or it's Chad. Like, don't, don't come in here. Just stay in there. Stay in the don't other room. Worry. No, he's, he's in the other room. I'm, I'm in the bedroom. So. I'm like, what did, I, what did I do? I was just picking up my drink. That's all. I, that's all. I, <laughs> I see you picking. No, you put that down. <laughs> <laughs> A friend of mine gave me a link to the Star Wars Holiday Special from 1978. <laughs> that is two hours of my life I will never be able to get back. Nope. Oh, it's <laughs> so bad. It is so, so bad. But you've experienced it. Yes. So. Yeah. And, and, I, and I never have to do it again. That's why I have to keep telling myself, you know, it's, yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, it was awful. You know, like, because, like, I come from, like, you know, I grew up on, like, Carol Burnett and stuff like that as a kid. And I can understand in 1978 the producers that made this show when they said, you know what? Variety shows are real big. How about if we combine Star Wars with, with a variety show? <laughs> and, you know, I know Lucas wasn't around. I understand. He wasn't around. He was trying to build Empire Strikes Back. I understand this. But wasn't there somebody that said, hey, didn't y'all see this movie? This movie looks nothing like this, whatever the hell, this holiday special. It was so bad. Why would, yeah. why would Chewbacca have a son named Lumpy? Yeah. Because that's the only logical name for his son, right? Right? Am I right? 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 So no. he had Lumpy. And his dad was named Itchy. Right. <laughs> I'm like, this is awful. Everybody's singing songs for no damn reason. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Why is Carrie Fisher singing? This is so bad. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah, that is a permanent scar in my life that I'll never get that that will never be removed, but um I don't know if I'm a better person because of it or not. I I just don't know. I just walked away confused. Glad to have you back, Meg. Also, I am so sorry for being late. 
no worries we got you back on the call which is awesome lisa had talked about her egyptian batman and catwoman i didn't even know they okay. made, i didn't even know they made that because i bought legends legends of the dark knight action figures and i <laughs> never saw that one I, I had as bats i had the Azrael batman i thought that was the greatest thing ever i looked at that last week i was like this is fucking terrible what's <laughs> this oh but but no but back then that was the shit but and mary talked about uh star trek now meg do um well actually before i even before i even take it there let me let me put you in actually put you in the, in the episode oh we just lost lease damn it skype <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh crap. Why you gotta be like that, Skype? Oh, that that is that that is harsh. That is so harsh and so cold. <sighs> okay. Alright, I'm I'm going I'm just gonna wait a second. I'm gonna get we're gonna get Lisa back. And I'm not there she is, she's right there. I'll be right back. <laughs> 